Is This a Ghost is sponsored by Pickney Bend. It's always been sponsored by Pickney Bend. We've never doubted it. And it is. it continues to be sp- sponsored by Pickney Bend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our, our our support of Pinkney Bend, unwavering, rock mm. solid. Yeah, it, it's it really, really, honestly, it's the rock that this podcast was built on. It is the <laughs> Plymouth Rock of this podcast. Wow, you know, we went we we started this podcast in search of a new religion, and that religion was Pinkney Bend <laughs> Distillery, whiskey particularly. And that religion has three primary goals: number one, make delicious whiskey; mm-hmm. number two, sell it at a competitive price; mm-hmm. and number three. Drain the oceans and kill God. Okay, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to stop doing that one because Tara <laughs> told us specifically not to say "drain the oceans and kill God" again. But it's you but know I, I have think to cut that I, every time we say it. I have to cut it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's in the fine print. It's it is, but it's in the fine print for a reason. And so, okay, let's say, okay. So let's try again. Um, I'll, okay. I'll I'll start you off. Okay, so one, uh, is make whiskey. Make- Make delicious whiskey. Yeah, you know, number make two, delicious whiskey. Delicious whiskey. Number one. Number two. Uh, competitive prices. Uh, and number yeah. three. Try again. Go ahead. Uh, number three is to um, uh, paint the skies red with the blood of the infidel. No, that was, was that the correct? other nope. thing she told us not to say. Now, while it I may be true, okay. because you know that's what their whole their whole purpose yep. in life is. Um, right. That's kind of a surprise reveal at the end. So mm-hmm. um, until we're at the end of days, the contract very specifically, Patrick. I keep telling you this says until we're at the end of days, we cannot say that. This Please is what stop. I get for not taking better notes. I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. You're embarrassing all of us, quite frankly. Okay, fine. All right, all right. Okay, how about this? I will start the ad and you will finish it. Okay, so, good. <clears throat> Pinkney Ben, th- their three primary goals, their you know their their reason for being number one, make delicious whiskey. Number two, sell it for a competitive price. Mm-hmm. And number three, skin the universe. No, 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 my notes, I see my notes said don't skin the universe. Okay. Well, maybe we should share notes. We should, we should collaborate more on this podcast. I think is that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Pinkney Ben Distillery. Definitely not evil. No. everybody welcome to is this a ghost i'm clayton smith and every week i tell my dear friend patrick dean a a real ghost story from real history and uh, he is kind of a jerk about it we all have our shtick <laughs> yeah you 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 lean in and i guess that's good mm-hmm. um but tonight i have a story that i think uh, even you are gonna have a hard time being funny about <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, here's my finger. Oh no! I mean, it's still there. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't that. It, the cut is not all the way through. Yeah, we'll see. So that I, you know, I doesn't seem like a hospital thing to me. <laughs> That's it's good. Uh, I'm glad for your take. I was wondering yeah. what you would think about that. Um, That's not one of the fingers you use a lot, right? That's like a the pointer finger. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, you're a teacher. You, you're you're like a laser pointer now. Right? I have laser pointer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank God for that. Yeah. Like I um, did. If you need to take this one off, like you can replace it with a laser with a laser finger. What right? if you put the finger? If you put it onto a laser pointer. Yeah. And you could just like extend your reach. Then mm-hmm. you know a laser goes through the end mm-hmm. of the finger. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So, I until about. Mm, 
two and a half hours ago. Mm. I thought our serrated bread knife was pretty dull. Mm. And then I learned that that is wrong. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty bad. Hmm. But uh, so I, and I, so you're I, looking at it a lot. That makes me a little worried. I, every time I look, you're just kind of staring at it. Well, off I'm camera. concerned <laughs> because I, I, it, it, it has bled more than maybe any other knife cut I've ever mm. had in my life. And so I thought this is fine. So I bandaged it up um, mm. with butterfly bandages and stuff, and that didn't yeah. go well. But then I, it's like this is fine. I texted my sister, who you know is a physician's yep. assistant. Mm-hmm. And you know, as you know, of course, uh, mm. that that's almost like a doctor because your sister is also a physician's assistant. Yeah. So it's basically doctorish. Free as well. So not like you're going to complain oh, or God, anything. God, it's the best. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, hey, uh, no big deal. But what do you think? <laughs> what do you think of this? I sent her some photos. And she said, well, it's pretty. That look, I don't. It's hard to tell. Can you send me a video of you clenching your fist and see how Ooh. far it opens? Mm. <laughs> I said, I guess I, I guess I can. And I did, and that hurt real bad. And there was blood everywhere, and she didn't seem to care that it hurt that bad, but she uh-huh. was very interested. And she said, well, that looks like it might need stitches. Mm-hmm. Um, then she said, well, what time is it? And she looked at her clock, and she said, well, your urgent cares are probably all closed. And I said, yeah, so I guess I'll go get stitches maybe tomorrow. And she said, yeah. And I said, why do you say it like that? And she said, well, normally with this sort of thing, you want to get stitches within 12 hours because that's when sepsis might set in. <laughs> and I said, well, I have a podcast to do. Yeah. So we're going to – so I, I I have it very tightly wrapped in this Band-Aid. And, yeah. Um, sepsis can't sneak in. It's, it, can't it, sneak it, in. Sepsis can't get by a Band-Aid. <laughs> I think – I've never had it, so yeah. I don't know how it works. But I think that, that sounds right to me. I mean, you weren't cutting anything like – septic with that bread knife right probably it was not. bread it was just bread yeah that's totally yeah like your bread br- knife had not been used before that for mm. at least like four weeks yeah but like you probably put the bread in your body so <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true so no matter it mouth or finger it's getting in there just saying so. it's all going in and if you were willing to you know lick that bread knife after you cut the bagel open with it or whatever the hell you're doing then probably the fine so bagels come on um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think that's, yes, I think it's fine. Yeah. So, but in case this is our last episode <laughs> together, <laughs> I want you to know that I, I have really enjoyed this experiment oh, and, um, that's good for you. Good for you. I'm and glad you, you f- thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and you from, uh, from previous episodes, recent episodes, you, uh, you have my, um, my demands for when I die this and is true. What to do with my body. So yeah, I did luck. not write them down, but eventually I'm sure you'll, well, these will auto publish, right? Yeah, they're canon. So, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this is a good story tonight. This is, um, we'll get to that. How are you? I mean, it's fine. I'm here. It's, I'm fine. Let's get to the ghost story. Yeah. Let's, let's just let's keep on. <laughs> let's just keep on moving forward. Uh, oh, we should note. Um, uh, we broke down, and by that I mean I broke down. We have a Facebook page now. I know you know, Patrick. You've seen it. I know. Yeah, my mom was um, really, uh, really excited. Uh, yeah, I also. I that disappointment in your voice. I felt that when I made it, but it feel. I I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. I was looking at our 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 stats, and so many of our listeners are. Um, I I was going to say it, the Facebook uh, the Facebook generation. And so I think that's a good place for us. So we're going to go. So if you you should go, if you're on the 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 Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook, you should go and, and follow us and be friends with us. We are at um, 
I assume we're at facebook.com slash is this a ghost. I don't know. Go <laughs> go search is this a ghost yeah. on Facebook and you'll find us. We're there. It's just go find just go find us. Yeah. I accidentally <laughs> clicked. Uh, <laughs> Christ, this is going great. This you really are from the Facebook generation, aren't you? I, I turned <laughs> off the Zoom. Okay, I turned back on the Zoom. <laughs> I had clicked into my notes, and then I clicked over to Zoom so I could see your mm. full face. And when I did, I accidentally clicked on the stop record button. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. I do connect with the Facebook generation <laughs> quite a lot. Boy, take a month off of uh, alcohol, and here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, do you just want to hear the story? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, just, I'm, I've been, okay. been excited. Um... Well, it's just usually we have some like fun banter to kind of like lead people in. I, I, I just, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's fun. I don't know. I mean, well, <laughs> so I think your wife at one point said it's the only reason she listens. Uh, she doesn't always listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that is true. Um, well, she's going to listen today because this is a good story and you're going to like it. We are going to go back a ways. Oh, boy. And I know you don't love that, but, well, okay. So, in the year 3000 BC. It's <laughs> <laughs> further back than I'm used to. It's okay. a little bit. It's a little far. But in that year, so, pre, uh, not exactly. That's an estimate. I saw your face and I yeah. thought I should clarify. Yeah. That's a guesstimate. It's a pretty round number. Also, I don't think they started counting backwards back then. They didn't really know what they were counting backwards to. So uh, I'm sorry. You don't think the spirit of Jesus was uh, prevalent in the hearts of the minds and the people in 3000 BC? I uh, not as much as you might think. No, not really. Don't. <laughs> okay, so in the year that in in the in about the year 3000 BC, mm-hmm. based on what what the what religious well, people of today have said. Okay. Uh. I should note at this point, I got about four hours of sleep last night <laughs> on top of blood loss. I am so tired. So this is going to be an A-plus episode. Mm-hmm. So 5,000 years ago. 5,000-ish years ago. Not exactly. Mm-hmm. We could do the math if we want to figure out exactly. But um, yeah, prehistoric American Indians in what is now known as Kentucky. It was not known as Kentucky back then. Mm. But um, in that general area... These these prehistoric uh, indigenous folks they discovered the entrance to a cave, and the entrance mm-hmm. and the cave itself they are both pretty dark, uh, as caves tend Can't, to be. That's <laughs> yeah, so almost by definition. Yeah. Okay. It's go. like their yeah. whole thing. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. You okay? So you know caves. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I I I know from caving. I understand. Okay. Yeah. All <laughs> okay. the lights are out the whole time. Uh, yeah. I know yeah. how it works. <clears throat> so they made torches, obviously, out of uh, cane reeds. That lit their way as they explored the cave. Very specific for 5,000. Like, they know the plant they made the torch from 5,000 years ago? They do, because it turns out... And so, this is going to come up a few times in here, and I was I was, I was, was similarly floored. It mm. turns out that... I don't know if this is all caves or just, like, this cave, this sort of cave. Um, they're obviously very humid because there's a lot of moisture there, but mm. they are so temperature-controlled that things do not tend to, like, rot there. Mm. Okay. I can see that. So, like, everything, even though it's just kind of exposed, there is a whole bunch of stuff that's just preserved there, including cane reeds. Hmm. Fair enough. So, remains of these torches have been found so deep inside the cave that anthropologists believe that these uh, 
I, we could call them pre-Americans. I think that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> real Americans. They're they're the real Americans here. Well, <laughs> well, we're real. They're pre-Americans. Um, they didn't have any guns, so they can't be real Americans. But they were they were here pre, and they uh, based on where we have found not like me, but mm-hmm. humanity has based found on where I are. found some of them. <laughs> I do, I went for a walk yeah. the other day, and these were so far in there. Uh, they they believe that these uh, these these ancient uh, folks. Explored about 19 miles worth of cave. Oh, that's too much cave. Can you imagine going into a cave, 19 miles deep into a cave, mm-hmm. and your only light is a is a is a reed that you set on fire? Now, well, yes, but you have to remember back in back in these days, these people had not seen movies before, so they probably didn't know. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. So like their chud awareness <laughs> is probably very low. So they're okay. Pretty, oh, this this is gonna be exciting. Look, you know, there's water in here and some scratch marks on the walls. And I, yeah, this seems like a cool place to hang out. <clears throat> the scratch marks are mm. right above the dead hand of uh, our friend Erg, who went through here not too long ago, <laughs> and his hands all bloody and he's dead. This is cool. Let's keep going. Nineteen miles is a lot of. It's so mm. many miles. But anyway, so that. So the cave was, has been a, a pretty popular place for people to hang out for a long time. 5,000 years. Clearly, yeah. Noted. yeah. For a long time, this cave was popular for gypsum miners. Mm-hmm. Gypsum what? is a thing. Yeah, it's a mineral. mind. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what do you think gypsum is used <laughs> for? It's interesting that you ask that because mm-hmm. that is what I've written down as a question <laughs> to ask you. <laughs> um, I will say I think gypsum was used to ward off gypsies. Ah, interesting. What do you think gypsum was used so, for? So that would be pretty difficult to do because gypsum is the primary ingredient in drywall. So if you were – although I guess if you're a gypsy, maybe you don't have a whole you lot don't of drywall. Like drywall. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Those wall, you no, you're anti wall for <laughs> sure. You are ant- so you see walls and you go you you it's it's yeah. like uh, if it's you're like the- holy water on a demon. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> good. So, I'm glad we so, that. so we're both right. So that's good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> the um, just as a point of interest, the mummified body of one gypsum miner was found about three miles from the entrance to this cave, and uh, this poor this poor lad died in an avalanche about two thousand years ago. Oh so my gosh. right around the time that Jesus was like kicking it, mm-hmm. um, this guy was like, I'm going to go mine some gypsum and died. And specifically he was crushed to death by a five ton boulder, mm-hmm. which is, feels like a lot. Yeah. But like in boulder terms, it's like a medium. One, I think. <laughs> yeah. But in like year yeah. zero terms, like <laughs> if you do the, uh, the calculations back, it's really only like three pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, five tons is so much. That's so much boulder to be crushed by, mm-hmm. and yet somehow his body and his clothing were perfectly preserved. Hmm. Wow. I don't understand how you could be crushed by a five-ton boulder and have anything left. <laughs> so I, but whatever was left is perfectly mm-hmm. preserved because caves are a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Time stands still, and uh, yeah, like nothing. Uh, nothing goes in. Nothing comes out. Sounds really pleasant. I love They're it. horrifying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the point of this is, so people were exploring this cave for literally for millennia, mm-hmm. but it wasn't actually discovered 
<laughs> winking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't uh, discovered uh-huh. uh, until the 1790s <laughs> when white pioneers showed up and said, hello, I've found a cave. <laughs> so this cave was discovered in 1790-something. Mm-hmm. And um, and right from the get-go, of course, these, uh, these white devils, they started ch- charging people for tours. <laughs> like, but I work in the cave. Like... <laughs> Like, yes, you care. do for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Also, it is two bits to enter the cave. <laughs> uh, they started doing this like I mean, literally immediately as soon as they found it, they started charging people for tours <laughs> for these caves. Um, during the War of eighteen twelve, this cave in particular was mined for potassium, or and slash or I. So this was hard. I didn't mm-hmm. do more research no. than I had to. Um, potassium or. Oh my God. I, this whole, honestly, like researching this whole thing gave me palm sweats because (laughs) caves are so scary. We are very lucky that I have as much detail as I do because it's hard. Have you ever been, uh, you've been cave, you've been in a cave. Yeah. I know the good cave state. It is, is the cave state. Did you know that? It's, uh, I did, but after reading this, I was like, I think maybe Kentucky's. The Ooh, no, no, no. State. See, no, no. See, that's, that's, that, that's, that's some Kentucky propaganda right there. Missouri is the, cave state that's like they called us that but no yeah yeah we we, we grew up with the well we called us that yeah. missouri yeah but yeah we we grew up with a fairly large um cave on the next property over from ours that we would kind of go freelance exploring as boys which in retrospect freelance exploring oh yes freelance cave explore cave exploring as a 12 <laughs> year old boy Boy, you know, that's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> One of the more dangerous moments of, of my youth, yes, was definitely yeah. shimmying down into a dark hole in the middle of the forest. It's horrifying. You know, if you haven't been to a cave before, even if you've been to like kind of the, the showcase caves, it's mm-hmm. like they're usually like you think of giant gaping maws into mm-hmm. the earth. And yeah. sometimes that's true. Uh, a lot of caves are, yeah, like these very small holes that you yeah. like, you are convinced by someone to to squeeze yourself through and they're like no there's a cave down there just go when i was in boy scouts we did um we did some cave in like valley park area there's Mm. there's a cave and we went into and like it was like a slit in the earth and this guy was like yeah let's go to this cave and i was looking for the cave entrance and it was like no it's here (laughs) it's the thing your one foot can fit in that's it let's go Um, and you got to crawl through this like very small space to get into this cave. And once mm. you're in the cave, there are lots more very small spaces where it's like, <laughs> Hey, lie on your back and then just kind of wriggle like a worm or else mm. you can't get through. Yeah. <laughs> that's caving. And that's like what they take kids through. So <laughs> those are the kid approved <laughs> caves. So if you've never been through a cave, they're horrific. Mm. Um, but you survived and that's good. Yeah. yeah I mean, for the podcast, sure. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, specifically general. for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> so um, caves are horrifying. But th- so, okay. So <clears throat> uh, back to Kentucky. So during the War of 1812, <laughs> this cave in particular was mined for potassium or calcium nitrate crystals. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if those are the same thing or they're different things. Uh, a- you know what? That's good. That's for more science minded listeners to explain to us in the comments. Yeah. And so. they're not listening to this podcast. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. Uh, but anyway, the upshot is they were, so it was mined to make gunpowder. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're in a war. You're going to want gunpowder. Mm-hmm. 1812. Mm-hmm. You're going to want that, uh, mm-hmm. that sweet, sweet, that sweet gun, mm-hmm. gunpowder. <laughs> um, the 1800s and uh, the early 1900s 
right around the turn of the 20th century, it was a boom time for caves. I mean, kind of all over America, but mm. in Kentucky in particular, <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Uh, people all over Kentucky were finding and exploring caves. And the <laughs> caves, caves were so popular in Kentucky in the early 1900s. I mean, they were so they were so hot <coughs> that owners of caves, because you would buy land, you'd then yeah. therefore own the cave. Yeah, sure. They started fighting what was called the Kentucky Cave Wars. God, that's like the coolest band name. You got yeah. I, honestly, oh, that's a good Kentucky one. Kentucky Cave War. That's that's a good one. That's that a one good down. like stomp and holler band name for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so. They fought the Kentucky Cave Wars for a few years, and this basically is where rival landowners would sabotage uh, signs pointing to other caves. They would mm-hmm. spread misinformation about other caves so that they could deceive the public so that they would come to their caves mm. for tours. I see. There were so many caves in Kentucky and so many people exploring so many caves, and tourism was such a thing. There were cave wars. <laughs> like storage wars, but in caves. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> Except I think people probably died in these wars, <laughs> is my guess. Um, some highlights of these wars, and this, you know, we could go on for days, but we won't. But here are some, um, some, so that's in the 1930s, there were uh, two families called the Hunt and the Hanson families who were apparently pretty uh, famous for exploring caves in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the early, oh, in the early 1900s, there was a caver named Floyd Collins, who, um, he's a pretty famous caver. Do you, by the look on your face, I will guess you've never heard of Floyd Collins. He's not on my list of famous cavers, no. <laughs> well, your list must be very discerning <laughs> because he's in the top. Uh, so Floyd, we don't have time, but oh my God, he has an amazing story. Uh, if you are interested in learning about the story of Floyd Collins, this person in Kentucky who explored a whole bunch of caves there and then got trapped in a horrible way and then spoiler alert did die in a cave Hmm. Uh, it's an incredible story and the dollop podcast does a really good episode on floyd (laughs) collins so you should go listen to that um he's got to be a ghost (laughs) thousand percent but he was a whole thing he explored cave like everyone's exploring caves Mm -hmm. so so people were just we're just caving all over Kentucky. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until 1972 that people realized that actually all these caves that are being explored around Kentucky, they're mm-hmm. not separate individual caves. It's like one big system. It's one massive cave system. Wow. Okay. So all these people for centuries were in fact exploring what is now known today as Mammoth Cave. Oh, okay. I've, I've heard of Mammoth Cave before. Yeah, you should, because it is the largest cave system in the entire world mm-hmm. that we know of. Uh, it's currently mapped at 426 miles long. <sighs> Jeez. But they are pretty sure it's longer than that. But just for reference, so 426 miles is just about the distance from Chicago, Illinois, to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Am I boring you with these facts? Oh man, no that, that, that was that, that was that was a that was a uh, I was I was yawning in awe. It's like when a dog yawns because mm. they're confused. <laughs> that's that's why you yawn. Um, yeah, so if you drove through Mammoth Cave like it were an interstate, it would take you seven hours to go from end to end, mm-hmm. which is 
And your car, be, and your car be so fucked up by the end of it. Like the car would yeah. not. The car would go for the first twenty feet, yeah. <laughs> and then you have to run seventy miles an hour for the rest of it. And then we get stuck, and then now everyone's stuck in Mammoth Cave because you're the dumbass drug driver of Winnebago <laughs> into right. Mammoth Cave, and you're like, some Mammoth Cave, the fucking Winnebago doesn't fit in this thing. <clears throat> <laughs> so this is a story of um, of a, a subset of ghosts from Mammoth Cave. <laughs> Well, specifically, <laughs> go on. No, I mean, I, I, I can imagine, you know, with a 400 plus mile caving system that's attracted tons of amateur cavers, there's probably all kinds of ghosts and spirits. I got to tell you, the research for this was so hard because you can't just search ghosts of Mammoth Cave because there are so many. And so um, we might come back to some of them at some point because some of them are pretty good. Uh, but I want to tell you the story of Dr. John Krogan. And, and what, what is Dr. John Krogan? What is he the doctor of? You say Krogan like he's like a fake name for <laughs> Joe Rogan. And I want to be clear. This is not. <laughs> but although the uh, the spirit is similar. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you, Patrick. So we're going to uh, let me tell you about John Krogan's whole thing. Mm-hmm. His whole deal. Dr. John Krogan was born April 23rd, 1790. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> now, he was not a doctor at that point. Okay. Well, he, was, he a was born. I, I, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> just, you know, just <laughs> to make sure we're clear. He was the son of William Krogan and Lucy Clark. And Lucy Clark was the sister of the one and only William Clark of the very famous Lewis and Clark expedition. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Which leads me to believe that perhaps... everyone knew everyone back at this time. I think, was it last week before we talked about how, uh, how, what's it mad? What's the general, the mad general went, uh, he was a land surveyor for Ben Franklin. Like everyone knows everyone. This is, and this goes back to my theory from the early episodes of this podcast where there were 38 people in America in the 1700s. And I feel like this is just, this is true. At least half of them are in this cave right now. Yes. So, (laughs) Uh, now, John went to college at William and Mary University, mm-hmm. so he, you know, he was pretty insufferable. He, <laughs> he attended med school at the University of Pennsylvania, where he was an apprentice to Dr. Benjamin Rush, who was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, Whew. which again solidifies my theory even further <laughs> that there were, I don't know, maybe 18 people in the country at this time. <laughs> so... John Krogan goes to med school and he does fine. And then he returns to Kentucky where he's from. And there he helps establish the Louisville Marine Hospital in 1823. Mm-hmm. And he serves as a director until 1832. And then in 1839, he decides he's going to get nuts. <laughs> he goes and he purchases 2,000 acres of land in Kentucky. And that purchase included... A couple important things. Number one, several enslaved individuals. Not great. Not good. Uh, But the other thing it included was Mammoth Cave. The entirety of Mammoth Cave? Well, no. But at this point, they didn't know it was as mammoth as it was. They right. so he basically purchased an uh, an entrance to a cave. Sure. Yeah. 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 And therefore, that gave him access to the entire cave and. As he as he believes ownership mm. to the entire cave, mm-hmm. because if uh, if white men from Kentucky can't own 
everything that they want to own just by dint of wanting to own it. You know, what are we even doing here? So by 2008, how, I wonder how that works in terms of like land ownership. I know you're if if you own if you own land, I think you own you know like invisible walls that go up, you know, so somebody can't like, Yeah, there's like air rights and things. Yeah. But like does that go down too? If you dig down, is it like I own everything straight down? I don't know. You know, like if I go in a cave, piece of the core? Yeah. If I own an opening to a cave and that cave goes like to my neighbor's house, do I own his house now? I don't know. You know, <laughs> do you own his house? Yeah. that's yeah. a good question. I, has <laughs> has this been tried in court? I don't yeah. know. We should we should uh, we should find out. The whole uh, Missouri or Kentucky cave wars is starting to come into sharp focus here as to uh-huh. what really the issue was. Uh-huh. Well, if you remember from um, uh, there will be blood. Uh, the, if we're thinking about like oil fields. Mm-hmm. You know, I can drink your milkshake, so your oil is my oil if I can mm. access your oil from mm-hmm. under your house. So caving, I think, is probably the same. Makes sense. It's all mm-hmm. legal underground. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so so Krogan buys two – again, so it's 2,000 acres. It's entrance to the cave, and it's several um, several slaves. The whole lot is – costs him $10,000, which obviously we're not putting a price on – humans mm. and that's horrible mm-hmm. having said that that's pretty that's a steal because yeah that's, yeah, that's really not that bad <laughs> if you adjust to today's money that's three hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. two thousand acres in a cave and several humans <laughs> for, <laughs> for three hundred thousand dollars is that's not much money <laughs> um i mean even without the people yeah that's not much. It's what that's, it is. That's, 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 that is a steal with, without the people. Yeah. 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 So he buys the whole plot and he has an idea. He's going to join the Kentucky Cave Wars and he's going to start <laughs> offering tours in his cave. Now, um, this, uh, several of the slaves who, who were on the property and who were, who came with the property, um, were cave guides. And one of them was a man named Stephen Bishop. Mm-hmm. Stephen Bishop is a legend among cavers. Mm-hmm. So much so that the national park service today refers to Stephen Bishop as quote, one of the greatest explorers mammoth cave has ever known. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually the first person to actually kind of map the cave mm-hmm. as much as he could do. Wow. He was the first person to be like, we should actually make a map of this thing. Mm-hmm. And he was cave inside and out. He was, very smart. He was known for being uh, very athletic, which is good for caving, I think. Mm-hmm. He was known for being very calm. Again, mm-hmm. that's that's clutch. <laughs> You're going to be in caves. Uh, his knowledge of geology was off the charts. Um, he was just, he was incredibly smart. Tourists loved him. He was lively. He was energetic. Mm-hmm. He showed them cool things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everybody came back alive. It was really neat. Yeah. Most people did. Okay. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> so we're getting to some points His further. His was pretty yeah. solid. Um, he showed them things like blind albino fish, hmm. which he discovered mm-hmm. in the, the cave, which uh, to me is a living fucking nightmare. <laughs> but <laughs> I know we're a mile underground and you just felt something swim up against your leg, but don't worry. It's a blind albino fish. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it's white and they can't see you. Yeah. I somehow that they have milky eyes. Don't worry. <laughs> Horrifying. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so the tourism trade is going great. Uh, thanks largely in part to Stephen Bishop. Mm. Um, and so Dr. Krogan is he's enjoying that. 
but he's always thinking, hey, how else can we make money here? He's a real entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you know? Like, he wants to really put this to work for him. And one day, he has, a, he has an idea. He says, I know. What if we make the cave into a hospital... Uh, what? How does, this, how does this make money? Like, just build the hospital well, on the ground. Is it like a? Oh, you're you're thinking so small. You're so stupid. No, no. Listen, because when you need a hospital, uh -huh. the first thing you think is, "Hey, drag me down into the earth yeah. <laughs> or a bunch of rocks where it's good and, and wet. let's get sanitary." Yeah, <laughs> I want it to be wet and slimy. Mm -hmm. Let's go. And definitely no daylight for anybody. We no, yeah. no, that's not good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you, you think it's a bad idea, but you're not a doctor. And, it's true, yeah. And John Krogan was a doctor. Mm -hmm. And he knew doctor stuff. And he said, let's do this. Specifically, he thought that the caves, so the cave is 54 degrees constantly, year, year round, yeah. all the time, right? And he thought, well, that, obviously will cure consumption because because there, there's nothing to consume i, I mean I, how does now this cure consumption? you have a lot of questions about that i do have a lot of questions <laughs> and i have this. no answers <laughs> i don't know why he thought that would do especially like i i don't know much about consumption mm -hmm. as far as i know that is a disease that doesn't really exist anymore <laughs> um it's a lung thing i know and i don't mm -hmm. think being in a wet place is I don't, maybe, I don't, maybe that is good. I don't I know. Don't, no, I don't. I'm pretty sure that's bad. Think, right? Again, <laughs> like if, 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 if any of this was good, we'd be seeing a lot more hospitals underground, but instead every single hospital I've ever seen above ground, you know, with windows and, um, well, you know, not in a cave basically, you know, yeah. pretty easy stuff. Well, the nanny state has really ruined things for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't so, need my hand held in some hospital <laughs> to cure my consumption. Right. Anyway, I'm going to go dig a hole and live in it for a few years. So this is what he did. So he had this cave, and inside the cave, he built two stone cabins, and he built eight wooden huts. Okay. Inside the cave. I'm going to show you. So the wooden, <laughs> the wooden huts were 12 by 18 feet. Um, they had tongue and groove floors, mm -hmm. which I were I guess just laid over the cave rocks, <laughs> <laughs> and he topped them with a canvas roof. Mm -hmm. uh, I do have photos to show you of the stone huts because they, and this is going to become important later. They did not dissolve away. I guess they are still standing. <laughs> oh no! Oh, you're, oh, I see. You're not even going to make me. No, this. Oh is it. wow! So, okay. <sighs> Um, and this is where you would get treated for ailments in so, some sort of like yeah. a looks more like a kiln than a hospital, but that's fine, you know. <laughs> well, which is handy uh, <laughs> when this doesn't work out. So as you can see, obviously, so the one on the right is um, a period piece. These are women, mostly people women. who uh, who hung out in this uh, this cave. Women that appear to be uh, looks like just. Is that drinking beer? No, those are those have to be lanterns. Those have to be lanterns. Okay, never mind. <laughs> they must be. I, I well, if you're living your entire life in a cave, you're gonna want um, you're gonna want light for sure. So it could be lanterns. Mm. You're also gonna want to forget that you mm. lived in a cave. So mm. maybe those are bottles of Pickney Ben whiskey, Pickney Ben <laughs> Distillery. Like also, do you do you kind of see the uh, the the uh, the amusing irony of going underground, mm -hmm. right? 
into a hole made mm-hmm. of stone, right? Mm-hmm. And then the first thing you do when you get down there is, <laughs> you know what I need? I need a smaller hole made of stone down here. <laughs> what can made I make also it out of? of stone? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So one of the things that is chilling. So these, these photos come from two different websites. Mm-hmm. And obviously the one on the right is a contemporary photo from the time. The one on the left is uh, is a modern photo of, mm-hmm. of what these look. And you can see the small one in the back. Mm-hmm. But these... It look it's exactly the same. Like this gap oh, yeah. here is yeah. here. It it has yeah. not completely changed. unchanged. Yep, almost a hundred years. Wait, no, more than a hundred years later. It's not. It's not different. Even like, like the writing these, on the wall and everything. The writing on the wall yeah. is there. You see these like it looks like there's like you know like a little window up. Yeah, somehow. Mm-hmm. No, that's here too. Mm-hmm. Like that was patched then. It's just it's not changed mm-hmm. at all. Terrifying. Anyway, so this is where the patients would hang out. Oh God! <laughs> and uh, and live their lives for um, for a, a very concerning brief moment time. in time. Yeah, not as brief as you would <laughs> hope for them um, for their sakes. So Krogan has this idea that he's going to have this hospital with these huts down there. Now he called the uh, he called the whole experiment a consumptive colony, mm-hmm. and uh, every cabin was of course called a consumptive cabin. <laughs> and believe it or not, this is actually. The country's very first tuberculosis hospital. Wow. Yeah. No one. So it's it's wild because in some ways it was actually very forward thinking. Like no one had thought we should do a hospital for people who have TB. Mm. We should um, just put them all in regular hospitals for people that don't have TB. And now weird. Everyone has <laughs> TB. <laughs> oh, this is not going great. Now we have TB hospitals everywhere. <laughs> um, and also to be fair to, <laughs> to Dr. Krogan. This was by by leaps and bounds. This was not the worst remedy that existed for TB. And I use the word remedy very loosely. Um, other common remedies, quote unquote, at the mm-hmm. time included bleedings, purgings, mm-hmm. hemlock, which is poison, famously right? yeah. deadly. Yeah, it's uh, you know how Socrates died. Um, turpentine also. <laughs> Quite poisonous. Uh, And the least terrible thing on this list is cod liver oil and vinegar massages. They still sell that at CVS. That's probably fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's part of the yoga regimen there. But everything else, terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, living in a cave for a while is pretty humane. Yeah, that's something else. It's it's on the top half of that list at the very least. Definitely. Top three. so. (laughs) So 16 patients moved in. And it uh, it did not go well. <laughs> so first of all, as you have pointed out, they were living in a cave. Mm-hmm. That's not great. It's fucking dark. <laughs> they so to to deal with the fact that it was because they were not like at like the mouth of the cave. They had to be deep in the sure. cave yeah, to make course. it. You know, to really take advantage of uh, all the health benefits of the cave. It's hardly worth it if you're like right there at the opening of the cave. You want to get a good couple miles down in there. Yeah. Where, where no one can hear all that coughing you keep doing. So, <laughs> yeah. right. if pre Americans go 19 miles, I think you can go 29 miles. So, they're pretty deep in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they had, there was no light, uh, no, no natural light anyway. So, they mm-hmm. all, they all synced their watches so they would know what time it was in the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't seem to actually make them happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then they brought fresh fresh foliage into the cave to give it some life. Mm-hmm. 
make it look like you know make it look just like the outside sure and then after that dies the next day then then you what's go next? someone goes out and gets more <laughs> and brings it back in and yeah. uh, this is a you know you mm-hmm. gotta keep yourself busy yeah meanwhile the whole chamber's filling up with lamp oil smoke and we are gonna talk about that <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> pretty shortly here uh it's worth pointing out so the as we talk about all the <laughs> terrible ways this went wrong these patients were all pretty wealthy Mm-hmm. Um, they all paid a lot of money to live in this cave. Oh, they yeah. all paid a shit ton of money to live <laughs> in a small block house inside a tight, dark cave mm-hmm. in the hopes that that would cure their, uh, their consumption. <laughs> um, they did have to keep fires and their oil lamps burning constantly because mm-hmm. there was no light. Mm-hmm. Even at night, they had to keep them lit mm-hmm. so that people could see, you know, if they had to wake up. Uh, and so the entire cave was full of smoke and ash <laughs> and it made living there awful as the Smithsonian website put it, but also like you are there to cure your lung disease <laughs> <laughs> and you live in this, this, this smoke filled chamber yeah. of like oil smoke and wood smoke. <laughs> it probably didn't help very much. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although it, it would be funny if they're like, you know what, we're 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 gonna go above ground and we're gonna see if we're all cured now. Then they come above above, above ground and they're like, oh, I can breathe again. I must be cured. I, I must, must be, be cured. cured. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta tell everybody to give all your money to Krogan. <laughs> Some people did do that actually. Oh, <laughs> I really don't like predicting how this horrible story yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah, you're getting too good at this. <laughs> um. Okay, before we get there, though, so <laughs> so while this is all going on, um, it Krogan still operated the cave as a, a tourist destination. He didn't stop doing that. So Stephen Bishop, famous tour guide, uh, and his fellow tour guides slash slaves, because that's what everyone there was, mm-hmm. they kept giving tours, and part of the tour would take people past the tuberculosis camp. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so you would go on, like, vacation – Mm-hmm. And you would go on this tour of this cave, and you'd be like, wow, cool, this is so neat. And then at the end of the tour, they would walk you through this camp where people are just, like, coughing and literally dying of consumption. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, and there's some really fun quotes. This one is from um, a man named Bayard Taylor, who visited Mammoth Cave uh, during this time. He wrote, quote, the idea of a company of lank, cadaverous invalids wandering about in the awful gloom and silence, broken only by their hollow coughs, doubly hollow and sepulchral there, is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) One out of five stars. (laughs) Uh, Another one of tour guides, one of the, um, another one of Krogan's slaves named Alfred (laughs) told people, quote, I used to stand on that rock and blow the horn to call them all to dinner. There were 15 of them, and they looked more like a company of skeletons than anything else. So there were 16. The 16 of them entered the hospital. Mm-hmm. All 16 of them got mu- much worse. <laughs> um, at least five of them died in the cave. Uh-huh. Um, here's another quote from um, the Smithsonian quote, the longest anyone stayed was about four and a half months and nearly every one of them died within days or weeks of exiting the cave. (laughs) And the Atlantic monthly wrote 
Quote, like plants shut out from the generous fostering sun, they paled and died. The appearance of those who came out after two or three months resident in the cave is described as frightful. (laughs) So you've got all these rich people who, these poor people have, you know, they have Mm -hmm. tuberculosis. Yeah. They're all going into this cave to feel better. They go deep into a cave. They live in these stone huts with no daylight. For breathe, months and months and months. Breathe nothing but smoke. Nothing but smoke. Several of them die. The ones who escape finally get out, but their lungs are so damaged by this, they die very soon after. And the Atlantic is writing shit about you. Yeah. <laughs> um, this went very poorly. So almost every person who was, uh, who was a patient there died um, pretty quickly. There mm-hmm. was like, I think literally... I. Th- uh, I think that there was at least one who lived to an older age. I think he was the only one. Mm. Like they put um, his name on the pamphlet. Like, oh, come see, you know, the tuberculosis hospital. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, worth noting that on the day that man left, I didn't write this down, but uh, on the day he left, and I don't remember what his name was, he etched his name into the rock as a point of pride that he was leaving the cave and uh, uh, as a relatively healthy and mostly Mm -hmm. alive person. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was the one who survived. So if you go to the cave now, you can still see his etching where he wrote his name and the date that he left. (laughs) And that is his, uh, that is, that's his badge. (laughs) So 16 people went in, almost all of them died. And then another person who actually died from consumption also was Dr. Krogan, who <laughs> caught consumption in the cave probably Immediately. and died. Yeah. <laughs> and he died uh, on January 11th, 1849. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? So, I th- you, you know, I think the problem with tuberculosis was too much airflow. I think the airflow was the issue. I think we all need to sit in a stagnant, <laughs> stagnant yeah. chamber of our own breath. Yeah. I think, that's I think when you, us... whatever you breathe out is what you want to breathe back in. If it was good enough the first time, it's got to be good enough the second time, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, in their defense, lots of people were dying of tuberculosis outside of caves. Yeah. So it was worth trying uh, trying things inside of caves. You know what? You throw a lot of noodles at the wall and you see what sticks. I really don't know. This one didn't, but, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, okay. So this cave is just chock-a-block with unfinished business. (laughs) Um. Now, I so Mammoth Cave itself became a national park in 1941, all 400 whatever miles of it. Um, and so, of course, there are still tours, and you can go on tours. And if you go on tours, you very well might run up against some of the many, many ghosts who are trapped inside Mammoth Cave. Mm-hmm. The park rangers who are there, they give tours regularly, obviously. Um, they're pretty well acquainted with the ghosts of Mammoth Cave. The stone huts, as you have seen, are still standing, mm-hmm. which is so creepy. <laughs> now, behind one of the stone huts is a like this big flat rock. It's kind of a big slab, mm-hmm. and uh, it's called Corpse Rock. <laughs> I <laughs> know. Like to guess why they call it Corpse I Rock? I know. This is where we'll build the hospital, right in front of the. <laughs> A flat rock. We call that yeah. one flat rock. Yeah. yeah, at that time, probably flat rock. Now is corpse <laughs> rock. Um, because here's what you want. You're mm-hmm. gonna <laughs> when you build your your cabins for people to to live in with tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. You uh, you're some of them are gonna some of them are gonna die. Yeah, 
Well, don't you don't maybe expect all of them to die. I mean, we're all going to die. So, right. you know. So you're going to want a place to lay out the bodies while you wait for the families to come, to come get them. <laughs> while why you wait for the daily cop that drags bodies out of this hospital. <laughs> yes. So Corpse Rock was this big slab, this big rock, where uh, supposedly they would, they would uh, Dr. Krogan would, if you died, you, had, you got laid out on Corpse Rock so mm-hmm. that your family could come down into the cave. They would go to Corpse Rock. They would find your body. They would, they would grab your body and then drag it out of the cave. <laughs> <laughs> and if you walk, when you walk past that area today, because um, this is a this is a tourist hotspot, uh, sometimes you will hear the phlegmy cough of consumption ghosts echoing off the walls. Ugh. I mean, that's like Good. that's scary and gross. Yeah, like, I yeah. mean, it's a twofer. Yeah. Like a little yeah. boo is one thing, but like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> something totally different. So that'll happen if you go there. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Stephen Bishop, the uh, the famous caver, good news. He's, he finally actually he gained his freedom um, not too long after mm-hmm. uh, Krogan died. So he gained his freedom in 1855. He he got out of there, right? Well. <laughs> Uh, here's what I'll say I'll say that less than one year later he died of uh, quote an unknown cause it's tuberculosis it's gotta be tuberculosis it's gotta be tuberculosis there's no way you give a tour every single day through the tuberculosis hospital in the sealed chamber and like bet I didn't get it today oh I bet I didn't get it today either (laughs) The fact that he lived until 1856 mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. So he now, along with um, with several other of Krogan's um, cave guides slash slaves, they're buried actually in a cemetery on the property near the cave in a cemetery called the Old Guide Cemetery. Oh, pretty specific, but yeah. 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 So you, it's yeah, it's hard to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> um. So they're close, and from time to time, rangers now will see they will see black men in 19th century clothing walking through the caves. Mm-hmm. And when they approach them, the men will disappear. Sometimes the ghosts will even play tricks on the rangers. So there's a part of the tour. So have you ever been on like a formal cave tour, or do you just like freelance your? <laughs> your well, I, I your mean, cave time? I've been to Merrimack Caverns. I mean, that's a cave with neon lights. So I, and I like mean, Jeeps, I just not really right. They yeah. like drive you through, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes if you go on cave tours, like you'll do this thing where you'll go deep into the cave and then they'll turn the lights off. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do it in Merrimack. They do. Yep. They did it. We went to um, uh, a Marvel cave, mm. which is yep. which yep. is in Branson, inside the 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 limits of uh, Silver Dollar City. So you go into Silver Dollar City, you can go to Marvel <laughs> Cave, but it's a good cave, and you go mm-hmm. pretty deep down. There's a God. There's this part of Marvel Cave where you walk down this like scaffold of stairs, mm-hmm. and when once you get down to the bottom that you look back up, it's a huge chamber under the ground, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's a cave, where they then tell you the dimensions of it, and the Statue of Liberty could fit inside that one chamber. Achoo. Wow. Like, it's just, it's it's terrifying what exists under the ground. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so on that tour and on a lot of tours, like, you'll get to a point where the tour guides will sometimes be like, we're going to do a blackout, just so you can see what it was like to be down here mm-hmm. in the early times without electricity and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. If your lantern went out mm-hmm. and they'll turn off all the lights and they could call that a blackout. Mm-hmm. And if you have experienced that as I have, 
It's horrifying because it is. <laughs> there is no darkness yeah. as dark as a fucking cave blackout. And these were very dangerous because people would die. I mean, if you're if you're if your lantern went out in the cave, you were dead. Like if you were yeah. deep in, there's almost no chance of survival. Sure. Like you you're gonna fall into a crevasse. You're gonna mm. you know not find your way out. Yeah. Like it, it caves are so dangerous. Yeah. And so sometimes rangers do that for fun. <laughs> and so at Mammoth Cave, when they do that, um, every once in a while, the ranger will like, a ranger will be pushed from behind, which is surprising because behind them is a crevasse. <laughs> so that shouldn't be yeah. happening. Um, and sometimes they'll hear footsteps too running off. When they turn the lights back on, mm. no one has moved. No one has run off. There's obviously no one standing behind them over you know, mm. a thousand feet of empty air. Yeah. Chuds don't make noise. So like right. it had to have been, yeah. God, I was, I, I worked so hard and I did a pretty good job of not thinking about the descent when I was <laughs> doing this. And I think we've talked about that movie before in this podcast. Oh, God, there's nothing what a horrifying. Woof. Nothing scarier. Now I am thinking about it. Now I want to get out of this basement. <laughs> um, during one tour, a park named a park ranger named uh, Larry Purcell, he noticed a black family standing behind the rest of the group, and he was surprised by that because he didn't remember um, a black family. He was pretty sure the entire tour group had been white. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's Kentucky, so that makes sense. <laughs> and he he turned the lights out for the blackout, and they were out for you know they don't leave them out for long because yeah. it's it's truly it's, horrifying. Yeah, maybe like eight seconds. When he yeah. turned them back on, the family was gone. Now. Dr. Krogan's story is, it, it's just one piece of fucked up ghost history from Mammoth Cave. So uh, again, we might, we, it's very likely we'll come back someday for future episodes. Um, there's, <laughs> there's so much general ghost activity spread throughout the cave system that it has been awarded the title of quote, most haunted natural wonder in the world. Wow. Although if, if, if you're going to have the most haunted natural thing in the world, it being the biggest cave in the world. Eh, it's not surprising. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's pretty high odds. I would say. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now Krogan himself doesn't seem to haunt the cave. So that sucks. Mm-hmm. Cause he, again, he was a, he was a slave owner and um, I don't know. I get, I, he didn't seem to have any unfinished business, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but here is a fun note to go out on. So if you go to Wikipedia and you search for Dr. John Krogan, uh, you'll find that the first line of his entry goes pretty hard. <laughs> and it says this, quote, Dr. John Krogan was an American medical doctor and enslaver who helped establish the United States Marine Hospital of Louisville and organized some tuberculosis medical experiments and tours for Mammoth Cave, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is all very accurate. <laughs> and if you want to visit the ghosts of Mammoth Cave, you, Patrick, or you listeners, you sure can. Um, there are... There are some pretty good ghost tours, it looks like, operating in the cave. None of them paid us any money, so we're not going to promote any of them, but <laughs> you can find your <laughs> Um But, hey, we'll promote you. If you mm-hmm. like this show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you leave a good actual written review, we might even share it on uh, our Instagram or our new Facebook page, mm-hmm. just like we did a couple weeks ago <laughs> with the person who said, quote, is it concise? No. Is it expertly researched? Not the point. Um, and some other good things. So, 
Very special thank you to Scott Pedraza for that hurtful, but um, in the end, I think uh, surprisingly positive. Review. We all we all grew. Yeah, we all grew from that review. So yeah, we've learned a lot about um, how to mask how bad the research is. <laughs> I think, and if you agree with that, please leave us a review. Uh, that would be great. Patrick, do you want to? What do you? Do you want to go check out this cave? Uh, I mean, Kentucky is right down the road, so I don't see why not. I don't see why not. When you go, let me know how it is. Oh, no, 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 no. It says I'll be so, here. No, 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 no. And not you, a solo thing. Nope. No. Yeah, you go. And uh, good luck to you. <laughs> and good luck to me. My finger. I'm. It's it's bleeding through this bandage. I don't know if we'll be back next week. If we are, we'll have another great episode. If not, then this has been great. And I really enjoyed this. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, we'll talk to everyone next week. 